ladies and gentlemen. Welcome on in. Happy Thursday. This is the Brass Ring Media Podcast, the free version of the show. And it is January 18th, 2024. Crazy. Uh, hopefully everybody's a little bit warmer today than they've been throughout the week. It's been frigid uh, here in Chicago. Uh, but glad you're with us. I'm Zach Haydorn. That's Tyler Sage. Tyler, what's up, man? Hey, yeah, it's been cold everywhere. I think unless you're in it. I think Arizona was above freezing, Miami, Florida, that whole region, yeah. uh, U.S. Virgin Islands, I presume. But besides that, you were cold and uh, pretty rough. It was like 25 degrees out here today, yeah. and it felt like summer because because it was like negative 10 the last, uh, the last few days. Yeah. So I'm it glad you, we're past that. It makes you wonder, like, all the negatives of colonialization – and our ancestors taking over this land, et cetera, right? But, like, you got to think, like, if you're settling across this great nation of ours, and it's, like, cold everywhere you go, like, they wouldn't move south and be like, hey, let's also take this over. It's, like, an interesting – yes. I've never got a good reason on why. Uh, it did not proceed further to, you know, the warm bosom of Central America. But And I am just – I'm sitting here, I'm like, man – I'd really like, you know, June to be here right about now. Mm-hmm. That'd be that'd be that'd be excellent. Yeah. Um, but a couple more months of winter. Baseball season will be here soon enough. And and wrestling season is always upon us. And we've got a lot to talk about today. Um, this is our flagship free uh, show. Each and every single week, we are live right here on YouTube at 3 Eastern to talk the news of the week with you. Thank you for all of all those who've tuned in live, um, we appreciate that. And you can get your comments in. The chat is going. Um, we certainly appreciate that. If you don't uh, or aren't able to uh, tune in live, you can catch us on YouTube. We have uh, this replay up there instantly. And then, of course, uh, we also um, have this exact show, a simulcast version of this show, available as a podcast for free wherever you get your podcasts. So search for us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart. Etc. 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 We are there. If you want to get the full Brass Ring experience, and everybody should, um, find us on Patreon. You can become a Brass Ring Media member. It's only four dollars a month. Um, that four dollars gets you full access to our Substack newsletter with uh, written content weekly. But my by myself, Tyler, others, um, you get access to our full Discord community, which is like. A, a social environment to talk wrestling that's not on Twitter X. So thumbs up on that. Um, a free weekly podcast as a member, um, a members only podcast that is just for our members talking a variety of different uh, topics. Last week we did a big TNA show, uh, which was pretty fun. Um, and then uh, various other uh, shows throughout the week, throughout the month. It's $4. Four bucks gets you all of that. And uh, we promise to do our best to uh, to earn your to earn your business. I think uh, our members certainly have a good time on the Discord, if nothing else. And so it's really fun. Uh, it's really fun to to see that. Patreon.com backslash brass ring media. Dr. Ross, hello. Tracy, hello. Both of those guys are hanging out uh, in the chat right now. If you want to get involved with the show, we do have our Super Chat feature open. Um, It was exciting news last week to finally be able to offer that. Um, Any contribution that you guys can make to the show, um, 
we would appreciate it. It certainly helps us, helps us keep this thing going, helps us keep the environment going. Um, and just, uh, yeah, helps the cause, uh, any little bit counts and we'll make sure to get to every single super chat, whether it's a comment, whether it's a question, whether it's, I hate Zach or I hate Tyler, we will get to it no matter what. Cool. Cool. All right. First topic at hand. I want to talk. I want to talk AW Dynamite from a couple mm-hmm. different angles because mm-hmm. I thought last night's show. Um, I don't know if I'm the in the minority of this or not, but I thought last night's show was like a thumbs up show oh, for me. Good to hear. Me uh, too. I agree. I re- yeah. I really thought that it was a just a good solid show. Like it didn't. You know, it didn't have like you know a young bucks versus lucha brothers crazy you know flippy floppy match and you know and it didn't have you know some of the things that aw is known for but i thought it really was just a well structured show with a purpose for virtually everything that they did entertaining matches to boot and just an overall really good night at the office um for for AEW, obviously, I'll delve deeper into that, and there's a couple of specific topics I want to get to. But Tyler, you seem to agree that last night's show was a thumbs up. Expand more on that. Yeah, I mean, just like you said, I mean, not it was like a good mix of like like the the honeymoon phase of AEW mixed with like a, pro, a march to the future with the use of the talent involved. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that can be summed up a lot of the ways in the main event scene. And what's happened and yeah. the difference between the MJF version of this and the Samoa Joe version, which is like really not that different. If you really break it down, it's just the delivery of that story of multiple parties coming towards you, how those people are interacted with, um, you know, the continuation of the swerve character moving in the right direction, the, you know, re-solidification of Adam page. And if you have a mustache on the show, you're just getting over, you know, him <laughs> and Roger strong come to mind of like, you know, guys that are winning matches with beautiful mustaches. So um, they're in in 2024 is what I'm trying to say here. That's the important <laughs> thing. But um, and then, you know, also that match with Hook last night. I mean, it was awesome for like yeah. a TV match that you know how it's going to go. It, I think it put over Hook huge. And that's what you want if you're AEW. You know, is he ever going to be a world champion? I don't know. But is he a guy that can be like the Orange Cassidy replacement when you need that to happen? I think certainly crowd was super behind him they were cheering for him to win not wanting joe to win and like it's like pretty simple on paper but AEW has not been grabbing that low-hanging easy fruit to grab they've done it here and you know that's on top of you know not to run down the whole show here but you know diana perrazzo gets signed has a match it's pretty good like she's a good wrestler and she showed that off i mean she was in there with anna jay and was like doing stuff that was like high level comparatively for recent women's matches in AW. It was like, you know, uh, professional versus JV from that Willow and Chris Statlander match. I just watched Botchamania last night and that was like yeah, 10 yeah. minutes of that show. <laughs> oh, um, so oh, brother. So, you know, just comparatively there, like that's a great step. Like someone signed, you see them, they feel like an important deal. Like you're, we're setting up for a match between her and Tony storm at the pay-per-view. Like, we're building to a pay-per-view six weeks out. The Young Bucks and Sting is getting story time. The You know, I hope it's not a triple threat, but it looks like you could either get a triple threat or Paige and, and Samoa Joe, and that story's being laid out and told, like, across the board. Like, we've got the two six-man 
you know, titles coming together, maybe. So, like, all that is, like, a good positive thing. And the show flowed well. And, uh, yeah, I liked it a lot. It just felt like good, simple storytelling AEW that also it feels like they've punted a bit and they'll stop talking and you can get in there, Zach. But, you know, I think especially early on with Collision, the first, what, six months or so of it, it's been, like, I think there's been, like, a bad attempt to be like hey you watch dynamite now you should watch collision and now it just seems like hey like this is the good stuff you're getting it on dynamite we know who you know we have doubled the audience so let's make sure this is healthy before we spread everything way too thin is the vibe i'm getting which is good for me as a dynamite first viewer so for sure for sure and yeah man good but boy there's a lot there the so the main event like really like the just the the title scene in and of itself i think is Mm -hmm. like has had a like a wild turnaround in a matter of weeks here. Um, but you're right to point out that it's not because of like anything drastic. It's just like a slight tone shift. Like when MJF held that title at the end, there was just a layer of like, oh my gosh, I don't want to say comedy because I don't know that it was that, but just like a lack of like taking it seriously. Like MJF, like doing a shtick backstage and kind of being like jokey with Swerve Strickland, or mm-hmm. he's doing goofy things with like the acclaimed and whatnot. And, and now that Joe has that title, it's like instantly he's just solidified it as something that's more serious. And I think like that helped just the whole tone of the, of the show. I think just the whole tone played better when the most important thing, the title was in the most important segment carried by the guy who's treating it as the most important um, championship on the show. And I think that that resonated. It resonated big time. Not to mention, then you've got your top babyface stars all going after that title. Like, mm-hmm. that's the goal. They're positioning themselves that way. Uh, Swerve Strickland did it. Adam Page did it. Even Wardlow and Adam Cole did it. And I'm not as high on them, obviously. We'll get to that. But – they did it. They at least like checked the box. They jumped through, jumped through that hoop. Um, and I've always argued that that's a good way to kind of give your show balance and direction, like the lowest common denominator way to, to do that is to kind of just position that world title at the top. And I think last night did a really great job of doing that. Um, Joe was awesome last night. I thought he just, I mean, man, like the viciousness, like that bump that that hook took on the announce table where like his neck hit the corner of the of the announce table i mean was 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 wild mm-hmm. and then joe you know he's a pro wrestler right so he's got like a charisma to him certainly but he meshes that in with like just the crazy level of violence and it's like it just sticks i i don't know about you but it, by the end of the match you're right like they like the audience clearly wanted to see hook like make the comeback and and, mm-hmm. come, and win um I thought they may have a problem at the beginning when the crowd just roared for for Joe when he made mm-hmm. when he made that uh, when he made that entrance. But you know they were able to they were able to turn the tide. So I, yeah, I was really really high on that as well. Um, what do you think of Joe? And we'll talk a little bit about Hook here in a minute. He's not as important of a of a figure in that match, but you know he's going to gain from it certainly. Yeah, I mean it's a hyperbolic take. So, so this is not a take. It's more just like a, hey, look, this may be a potential. But I think Joe might have already had one of the more beneficial runs as a guy on top for other people around him. True, man. Yeah. Like with one match, you know, with that's one again, match. Yeah. The hyperbolic part, like I, him and Moxley are the only two that kind of come to my mind. 
because like Jericho, like, you know, you've got the whole Cody thing and he can't work and that's more of a Cody decision. But, you know, there's a lot of people that didn't necessarily get over a ton. Like Paige, I think, got derailed losing to Jericho when he did in that early part of the company. And obviously Kenny didn't put anyone over. The punk stuff is what it is. <laughs> and uh, MJF, you know, is the character change in the middle and the injuries and, you know, there's all that going on. Like him and Daniel, somebody Danielson doesn't really need to get over, right? There was no person right. that benefited going up against him in a way like we saw Hook last night. You know, I'm thinking Moxley, not even when he's not champion, but like Wheeler Yuta is on a certain place in the card because of an epic match with John Moxley. And Joe is just that kind of guy. And that was solidified last night with Hook. I think, you know, not every match is going to be like that, but having the main event and the world title be defended against people that have that actual chance is, is just a nice change of pace. And, and Joe, just partly you said, like, it's a tandem effort to old school get a guy over as a baby face. I think both guys did their part in that last night. You know, not that you're going to plan to do that spot that you just laid out, but that certainly helped tremendously to get Hook over in that oh, moment yeah. for the live crowd. Um, so you're not going to do that on purpose, but a happy accident on top of the way the match was structured to destroy him. You, I mean, you know that it was approved to do the kick out at one near the end. Like, that's always awesome and when used it sparingly, and it is. So, yeah, all that stuff worked well. And, and I think, too, like, there's a responsibility that you have, like, as Joe and, and Hook, for that matter. Like, this match, I always thought it was going to be a tough putt to sink because you don't want Joe – you don't want Hook to, like, get over, you know, as a sympathetic babyface because Joe – gave him too much, right? Like, you know, you didn't want this to be like a, you know, 30-minute battle with Joe and Hook because Hook's not on on that level. So it had to be somewhere in the middle on that. It had to be like, you know, Joe still looks really, really dominant and really, really, you know, vicious and really, really violent. He still gets like the the biggest rub is for Joe because he just decimates Hook for – most of the match and that's it. And the magic was in the small little bit of offense that hook got and the small little bit of momentum that he got. That's where you had to shine. That's where it had to, it had to click. And so I thought they like really walked that line. Well, and they, they accomplished that goal. Like Joe looked like a total badass coming out of that match. He looked, you know, unbeatable. He didn't look like someone that just snuck through a victory um, on kind of like, you know, a newcomer in, in hook, but at the same time, then hook, you know, looked like a big badass fighting champion or fighting baby face that wouldn't give up and had the sympathy. Like, so it really was a, was a, just a, a lesson in how to like thread two important, you know, character development needs into, into one match. Um, and, you know, it's kind of a lot of that's on Joe. I mean, we know hook's got, limitations right now in the ring it just doesn't have the experience that joe has and so it's uh it's fun to see him in that in that spot kind of just like running the show doing his thing being somebody that they lean on um it's really cool for him to have this uh kind of have that that moment in, in his career because he's been a lot of things but he's you know you know at, at, at this level he hasn't been like that guy before so yeah. it's cool cool to see him do that yeah it also makes me you know I think, and it's working, if this is the plan, it makes me think that Joe's less of a transitional champion than we would have guessed based on the mm-hmm. injury of MJF. And, you know, maybe the first time an injury derailing plans has benefited AEW. 
So, you know, we're still yeah. early on here. But, you know, if it's Joe and Paige, which would be what I advocate for at the pay-per-view, as opposed to some sort of triple threat. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think Joe wins, and that's a good uses of, usage of Paige at the moment. Mm-hmm. You can kind of go on from there and see, like, hey, does Joe hold this thing till you know, double or nothing or something? I think that's very much on the table. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, the for Hook, you know, just like anything else in wrestling, but especially AEW, it bears calling out. You know, you got to have follow up. You, you, he has to be a guy that's in the plans now for the next six months. Like, if you're gonna, um, if you're going to, 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 to go with him, and you're gonna give him that kind of a rub, you know, you have to, you gotta like keep going with it. So I, you know, I, I think something with Christian Cage could be good. Really, any heel. Like, I think any like, like, you know, mid card heel would be good for him right now. And, but, but there just has to be effort there. He's got to be on shows. He's got to be on dynamite regularly for the next six months um, to see what you really have in him. I mean, he's been kind of hot ish before and they just kind of poured cold water over it. I hope they don't do that here because they, you know, they got a main event out of that guy. Um, and yeah, Joe was there too, but I, I think he more than did his part. And it showed that he can also lose when it counts and yes. get over. You can lose. So, it's okay. You know, if he, like, comes up on, you know, even, like, Saturday. Like, I don't know what's booked on Saturday. I don't think there's a ton right now. Like, I, I probably Edge have, like, against somebody that yeah. is going to, like, like, gosh. Boy, that I Edge guess a Diddy Drake there. type or something. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. They're just doing the same booking as if Edge would have won the TNT title without the title. So. Right, kind of is a good argument case against titles being super meaningful in wrestling. But, um, brother, yeah, I mean, like if if Jeff Jarrett is out there on Saturday talking crap to the crowd, and Hook comes out and you know obliterates him, and that's it's a match with him and Jay Lethal, and he beats Jay Lethal, whatever, like some small thing, like they yeah. wrestle, he beats up Jarrett, gets over huge because everyone wants to you know beat up the heel like Jarrett. That's what he's there for. He then beats Jay Lethal. Uh, on Wednesday, and then you set him up for yeah, like Christian Cage, like, Perfect. and then he might lose that. Like that'd be like a great month for Hook, and you keep him on TV, and yeah, yeah, not not Ex- very hard. So. Exactly, exactly. Like treat him like a star that you care about, and get him on TV. Um, you know, within <laughs> within reason. I don't think he needs to be around Danhausen anymore. I don't think he needs no. to be around Orange Cassie anymore. Like. Hook doesn't match with those guys. He's unique on his yeah. own. So, like, let's see what you have with him. See what you have with the guy. Put some effort behind him. It was a really good night uh, at the office for the for that main event, uh, for the whole main event scene. I, and I thought, you know, I'm not a fan of the triple threat idea either. You know, Joe versus Swerve versus versus Page. Um, but, but that said, if that's where they go for the uh, for the Revolution pay per view. Um, it would at least make sense. You know, they've been setting the table for that for weeks, you know, now that it's the three of them. That's the three of them there and kind of Wardlow on the side. So I don't think they should go that route. I think like drilling down to, you know, a one-on-one match is more compelling nine times out of 10. But this, if it does come to fruition, that is a triple threat. It won't feel like it's just thrown together. These three guys and, Oh, that guy's in it. Cause you know, he's going to, he's going to do the job. It will be more complex than that. There will be more, you know, narrative and context to it than that. And 
AW's missed that for for some time. So it's good to see it here, even if you know you don't feel strongly about the triple threat direction. Agreed. All right, let's look at the old chat here. We do have a super chat, and this one is on point from a timing perspective. It's from Zach Barber. Zach, thank you for contributing to the show. We appreciate it. Um, Zach says, hey, I guess Tony Khan was right because the gender match sucked and the hook match ruled. Well, Zach, you know, I mean, I wouldn't say that the gender match sucked. I would say that it was what it was. It was a gender match, and it was a match for Rollins to win, and I – I don't think it sucked. Like this was not, you know, what was it? We were just talking about it off air. Chris Statlander against uh, yeah, Willow. Willow. Yeah. yeah. That that match sucked. The, you know, it was just a different kind of a match with a, you know, with a totally different goal in mind. And so, yeah, I mean, uh, I think it's fun to throw some shade, which I think that's what you're doing here. But um, I don't know that Tony ever said the gender match would suck either. He just was upset that the double standards, double standards. Tyler? What do you make of this this comment? Yeah, Zach's I mean, if you want to power, <laughs> if you want to power rank with in ring and out of ring combined, I think Hook is certainly on the increase on the power rankings of pro wrestlers. And genders, yes, oh, without decline. question. Yes. I think we've all decided that we should collectively hinder gender at this point. You know, um, due to the Seth Rollins potentially, you know, being injured. We'll see. Okay. News on that uh, will come hopefully by next week. We'll get some clarity on that, but. If he if, if Seth Rollins has a announcement, it's 50 50 because Seth is a character that loves to yeah. act like he's hurt and then come out and be like, but I'm gonna be here for you, you know, that whole thing. So <laughs> I'm still we'll gonna fight. Yeah, that'll draw ratings for sure. So yeah, it will. It will. Oh well, um, yeah, we'll talk about that. Sorry. I know it's on the agenda. So. It is. It's on you guys are just you guys have like I know you have sneak peek, Tyler, but Zach, it's like he's got a sneak peek into our in our production meetings and all the behind the scenes action here, at the brass ring media podcast. Uh, thank you, Zach. Appreciate that. Appreciate the comments. I'm glad you like the hook match. I, you know, mm-hmm. it was very, very good. It was a really good match and uh, a good main event. It felt like to me, like kind of like an old school main event for, for dynamite. That was completely fresh and mattered. Um, and you just haven't gotten that very much in the last, few months uh of dynamite so it was really nice to see uh i have a couple one big um aw topic that we'll get to here and but one small one here before we do uh you mentioned diana perrazzo that like that integration of her as a free agent i think is like on par with the best free agent integration that aw has had to this date certainly the best in the women's division but you know, even when you look across the whole company, I think it's been really, really effective. Like it's, if you look at like what's happened with her, it's all happened inside like the AEW canon, like on AEW, they talk about the path that she took. They talk about how Deanna Perrazzo has been a multiple time champion all around the world in different promotions, but, and then they don't just say it, they show it. She goes out there and she has like, a badass match with with Anna J wins definitively um, can show she can work and then and then pivots to put context behind those wins and and goes after the world title right away you know r- right away and mm-hmm. 
and and I think she just she's come she's come off great, you know, in that opposite opposite Tony Storm. I mean, their little promo last night was was fun to watch, and and uh, it just has been really nice to see you know her integrate at the top of the card or the top of the division, you know, with a little bit of momentum, and it feels right. It feels like you're watching somebody that like when they tell you, oh, she's been all around the world and she's been a champion, like. Even if you didn't see any of that, you can hear that commentary and watch her wrestle and understand where the commentary team is coming from on that and why Deanna would be such a, a highly touted get for AEW. You have not gotten that from like from various uh, stars that have hit the women's division. When Soraya came in, she hits the division, big deal, but then she's, you know, that, like lower on the card, right? Almost yeah. instantly. Um, yeah. You know, Tony Storm, when she first came in, same exact thing. Like, uh, you just haven't had that, like, smooth integration, even on the men's side. It's like Edge, Adam Copeland, this big Hall of Famer, comes in, and now he's wrestling Lee Moriarty on collision for, for 300,000 people. Like, it's just – it's just – it's dumbfounding in a lot of ways. But yeah. I say all that to 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 praise them for the Perrazzo um, uh, uh you know, her merging into the, the top lane of traffic because it's been really good. She's been really good. And I'm, I'm excited to see where that, where that match goes. Yeah. I mean, it's a good example. I mean, even who's the, who's the woman signed before her Miriam. Mariah May. Yeah. Mariah May. Yeah. And that's like, you know, she's on a, a place in the card that like fits someone that's coming in that a lot of people don't know. I think more people probably knew, um, Perazzo than made right i think yeah. that's, that's a oh, safe yeah. assumption and so like her being associated with the world champion as her you know lackey to then break up the two of them and have a big time match between the two of them is a great entry point so the last two major signings in the women's division have been entered into the space in a good way yes and yes you know what's the worst like example of that is like ty valkyrie maybe like a like kind of put over big like hey we signed her. She's a past champion. She's going to have her first match in Canada. She mm -hmm. takes on Jade. It's Jade. like her first big match and loses. Yep. And then like works uh, sporadically. Like, is she signed to the company? Like, I think, so. I think she is. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, that's like one of the opposite directions of whatever. And I don't know if the scouting has gotten better for by Tony or whoever's doing that of like, knowing a name and then like making sure they can still work in a way that, that he prefers. Cause that seems like that's been a better hit and like not signing also to move to the men's side, not single, not one single signing from the latest, the latest batch of releases. Yeah. I think it's a healthy sign as well of yep. like knowing there's too much bloat and you know, we're at a point here. We've talked about this a little bit on the show of like, there's definitely gonna be some waves of releases here um, in the near future. You know, like what's that first batch? Like, is Scorpio Sky still signed? I think he got re-signed at some point. But like, you wouldn't he's you wouldn't gone. know it if you just watch TV. Yeah, but I think like because I mean, Kaz got dropped, so I'm just thinking like OGs. You know, like Stu Grayson had a different deal than the rest of the Dark Order guys, but he got brought brought back. I mean, you know, it's not a super fun episode for you and I to do, but you can just look at the roster and be like, I think a third to a, maybe even a little more of the roster is probably going to get uh, trimmed here and mm -hmm. what you and I talk about, you know, that's bad for those human beings 
Um, but at least they have a profile in the Indies. Like, I think then you can focus on what you and I want to do every week is like make sure Hook is on TV every week. You can do that more easily and not have to like spread the love of having JD Drake on it on a show every two months, etc. So, yep, yeah, it's exactly. a sign of that coming, is what I'm trying to say. So, yeah, I think so too. But it's also like a sign of like you know, some growth in the company. Like, I think, or maybe I hope so anyway, you know, like you can't just bring people in and just that's it. Okay, they're here, great. You know, like Jay White was, you know, like if he got kind of the Deanna Perrazzo treatment yeah. right away, he, you know, he'd be a much bigger deal now. And instead, one of the things I didn't like about the show last night, he's a ROH six-man champion. Like, goodness gracious. Like, <laughs> I don't want to have to say Jay White and that phrase uh, together, but that's where we're at. Because um, that's, I mean... For better or worse, that's where that's where he's at, you know. And uh, yeah. but it, it didn't have to be that way. And hopefully, they learned a little bit with that. Yeah, I'd rather him be the one who Hook takes on, and like, yes. like Jay White should beat Hook. But like, you build, like, you can even do the same Hook thing where he takes out Jay Lethal and Jay White, or J- Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett, Timmy Jays, and then gets to some somehow gets an issue with Bullet Club Gold, probably beats one of the guns or both of them. And then Jay White is the top of the mountain. He just can't climb it just yet. Like, that's yeah. a good bit for him to be. And, uh, yeah, I mean. And then, because, like, then when Hook, Hook does get a win like that, it's going to yeah. mean a lot. Like, it's really going to mean, like, a clear elevation, you know, that mm-hmm. he gets up to that next level. So, yeah, I think that's well, uh, yeah, that's well, well articulated. Um, hello to the chat. Everyone, uh, jumping in here frank hello frank signed up as a member today frank we appreciate you ryan hello ashley hello thanks for joining um anybody else disappointed that zach's covering the flowing locks i don't know that people are disappointed i could take off the hat but i'm not gonna i'm not gonna i'm gonna leave it on uh thanks ryan thanks ashley thanks frank and thanks everybody else who's listening to us live we do have our super chat open helps the show uh we will read your question live on air we will take your comment live on air if you're able to uh, make a contribution thank you thank you thank you um all right one one thing i didn't like about the show (laughs) was and it's not even really about the show itself it's just uh, the obnoxiousness of everything that went into this and where it stands right now and that's the uh undisputed kingdom um matt taven uh mike bennett roderick strong wardlow and adam cole last night man i don't know where you at or where you're at on this you know right now but i don't know i don't know that this faction right now is all that much better than like the firm like i really don't like and it's and it and I and I'll maybe I'm being like a little over dramatic, but like when you see them walk out to the ring and it's Bennett, Taven, and Strong, and you don't even put them out there with Adam Cole, like you don't even put them out there with with Wardlow, like they're out there to you know kind of just hold their own as like a top faction against like Orange Cassidy. Like I thought they came across really bad uh, in that in that in that segment. I mean like the. The, the the unnecessary deal here is for Adam Cole to make these guys like that's his responsibility now is to to to, to make them to elevate them to to his level and so number one if he's not even out there with them he can't he can't do that they just come across to me like the same kind of like 
background players that they were. Um, and then they're just gonna go on after low card titles. They just don't have the presence of of an upper card act that took up you know months worth of TV time and fan intrigue and, and fan discussion. Um, I I it, it's I don't want to say it's like completely dead, but man, is it on life support. If if you ask me, I'd love for you know chat get going. Like you know, pr- prove me wrong here, but I don't know. I just got a just a bad like eye roll kind of feeling watching them last night. Yeah, I mean two things, both are negative, but it makes me think maybe my fancy booking will come to fruition. Maybe it might. Be, yes. Not being with the group and like realizing the same thing in kayfabe. Um, so, and then, you know, cause like, I do think there's a lane for, I mean, Taven and Bennett also like how many matches have they had? And I think I asked this last week, like on TV, like as a group, not in masks where you know who they are and they can do their move sets. I don't even know, man. Um, I, I mean, months. Yeah. So, that would be good to like give them a chance. They're both tremendous entering workers. Yeah. Um, right. Just like people don't really know it. So, you know, that's one thing, um, you know, and Roddy can be definitely can be like a, a pretty fan favorite, like comedy bit as a heel. Right. I mean, like he's still trying to do the yelling the name thing, but like, is, I think yeah, he can be a guy who Orange. Who, hook, who hook could beat. Right. In the same, we're just tying it all back to hook for real, but like hook could beat a Roddy. Like it's a good use of Roddy if he's like a, a staple on the show is the gatekeeper guy that he's always been. And he's just like yeah. a fun heel who is like an elevated Miz. And that's not like a shot at Roddy. That's like a guy who can be a prominent feature on a wrestling television show for a decade plus. That's like a great spot to be uh, yeah. in, in this business. And like he can do that. So it's just like to give them the chance to do that is one thing. And the second thing is like in hindsight, I know we were kind of ready for the devil thing to happen. Like it would have been better if the devil and his minions screwed MJF, Samojo one. And like, we still didn't know who they were like, because <laughs> Adam Cole not being able to do anything just hurts, kills, man. kills this yeah. whole thing. Yeah. It shows like the, uh, you know, it just destroys kayfabe on like why these guys are allowed to get away with doing all this sort of stuff. Why? Like they're not scary because Adam Cole can't do anything. Like if he can get in there, and prove that he can beat people, yes, it changes the complexity of the group. But right now, it's a bunch of guys who we haven't seen wrestle on TV really at all, minus Roddy. I mean, Roddy's 10 times more in-ring action than Wardlow. I mean, when's the last time Wardlow had a real match? I don't was know. Was it Powerhouse yeah. Hobbs when he lost the TNT title? I mean, I guess. I mean, boy, yeah. that's a so long that, time ago, though. Yeah. I mean, so that's like, a why, really long time. Yeah, I mean, it's, again – and then the bigger picture thing is like, which groups are better than this in the history of AEW? Probably early inner circle. Yeah. Probably early team Taz because they were presented in a way. Elite, maybe. Elite, maybe. I mean, that was always kind of a disaster from a narrative standpoint. Yeah, like, it was. Group, it they was. never really helped each other. Then you have like the second tier stuff. You've got Bullet Club Gold, which is okay. You've got all the other versions of team Taz. You've got JAS. You've got the Dark Order, even with Brody Lee. Am I missing like major groups here? Like the Pinnacle, not, if you want Pinnacle. Pinnacle. Yeah. I mean, that kind of just fizzled out, right? There's like not a great history for AW in these 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 stables, even though there's always a ton of stables. They, it always is kind of a less of its parts instead of yeah. some of its parts. Like it's it's worse for 
generic, you know, gener- generally everybody. So, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, I definitely agree. And uh, yeah, I'm getting beat up in the chat here. Hatless Haydorn is taking it on the chin. <laughs> but like, I, it's not a knock on Taven and Bennett. It's, it's just like if you're gonna, if if those guys are gonna be the faction that you're going with. Like, <laughs> I know that Taven got a giraffe over, but like maybe don't try to get a giraffe over. Like, try winning matches instead. Try beating guys up instead. Trying to, you know, I mean, just look at the tone that Joe has around him, and then look at Adam Cole and that group around yeah. them. I mean, it's two entirely different levels. Um, I think you hit a good point on the on on Adam Cole. Like him, his inability to do really anything, I think, is really bad. Um, and like, he just doesn't look the part either when he's like trying to walk out with these badass dudes, like on crutches. Like, I know, I know that's like the situation and like, that's the reality, but like, you know, perception is reality sometimes. And you end up seeing this small dude who's smaller than all these other small dudes or small ish dudes that just. That they can't move and it has to sit like it's just a really bad, uh, it's just really bad presentation right now. And I and like to me, it's like an e- there's like an easy way to just keep these guys relevant in a more impactful manner. Like have them just take out some group, some some guys. Like there's like guys waiting backstage just want that want to get on TV. Just have them like just destroy them in a backstage attack. Like Tony Khan like loves replaying angles. Like replay like the NWO like doing you know, their, their backstage stuff. Is, is it overdone? Yes. Is it, you know, going to totally make them? No, but at least it tells the audience like, Hey, these guys aren't to be messed with. And if you mess with them, you know, you're, you're, you're going down just, and just do that, do that until Cole can come back and then figure like, it's just, I don't know. I think it's just completely off the rails and jump the shark. Um, and it's going to have a really, they're going to have a hard time getting it back. I, I mean, I really, I mean, at this point, like, can you see Adam Cole with the world title? Like, well, even if it is this group that that takes it, that helps him get it? Like, no. I don't. No, definitely not. I mean, and that's like, you know, if you're like an advisor to Adam Cole, if you were like the real life Paul Heyman version to him, mm-hmm. it would be like you, like, obviously, if you can see the, if you can see the future in advise, everyone's got 2020 vision. You cannot be on TV again until you're ready to do something physical. There's a yes. reason, like the the grand scheme of wrestling history, you, you very rarely see the person come back before they are fully healthy, right? You have like a CM Punk in WWE in like 2010 on commentary a lot. Yep. You've got like Stu Bennett, who uh, you know did it and made a second career out of it. But it is, uh, you know, it's it's a reason you don't do it because the person just looks like a regular person, and Cole is already fighting that uphill. As mm-hmm. it, yeah, yeah, and um, you know, I'm trying to think like even like what could come of it because like, let's say Cole's healthy, it's just like a thought exercise, right? In the scheme of AEW in January 2024, he's healthy. The group do what you say, and they book them to like because who's over right now? It's like a hard question too of like who's the crowd yeah. really going to be like you bastard? How could you do that? Is it yeah. like Prince Nana if he's like dancing backstage and they like beat him up? Like let's yeah, say that, probably. I, I think that's like super heat. And then like, let's say Swerve gets in the face of Adam Cole. And that's like a big feud. That's like a big money match, I think. But yep. like, I want Swerve to win. He's the baby face. And I think he yeah. should win. 
And then that's like, that's where Cole is. And then this group is like, that's also not good for Cole. And it's like, yeah. what's what's one tier below that? I guess it's like a hangman. I mean, I'm just kind of prisoner of the moment how AW is presenting things. But, you know, like, that's probably then a Cole win. But then what does that really get you? I don't know. So it that's like best case scenario when Cole can work. And to see him as a world champion, I think he's got to cut the group and be a singles guy and have like a long track record of staying in the ring and having matches. He's not had in AEW to even be on my periphery as a guy who I think can be world champion. I mean, how crazy is that though, man? Like, yeah. I mean, how crazy is that? Like, I don't, I don't disagree, but it's like, you have this guy who's the focus of a, the biggest, I mean, by just definition, the biggest like long-term angle that you've done and it took place opposite your top star and lead babyface at the time mjf and now when mjf comes back to feud with this with adam cole like he like he didn't hold up his end of the bargain like he's not at a main event level for mjf to work with so what do you do do you go with that direction does mjf just go right to joe i mean it just causes all sorts of uh issues now i you know i they're close it's close to being beyond repair. I mean, just because it's just so ineffective right now. Um, but it's going to take week in and week out booking of these guys to to get him back with this group around him. Um, you know, it's going to take wins. It's going to take, like, really good promos. It's going to take, like, I don't know, do a video package. Explain, like, who the hell you are. Like, something uh i think it's just going to take a lot of those like little details and some elbow grease over a long period of time to get to get them to get them back um otherwise yeah i just i don't know how you put them with mjf even though that's yeah. obviously where they have to go yeah to, i mean to, uh, yeah i'm trying to think like two like let's let's i mean not to get in the negative here but let's just put your yourself like, let's say you're tony khan you know we still haven't got any update on Warner Bros. Discovery and Raw, right? right? Raw's not nope. been updated, so that's still nope. hanging out. They cannot mm-hmm. be happy with Collision, even though we all knew this would be kind of the case. Um, <laughs> yeah. That. So, like, let's say you, I don't know what they were hoping for versus the past. I don't know what the past, I think they make like 170 a year or something for rights. That sounds right. I don't know. How, how, how much? Like 170 for like TV rights. That's how much that's they currently have? Or that's, yeah, I think, no, I, I don't know. I, that's right okay so let's say you're hoping to you know way ten, you know be a big time you know, five years billion dollars right so that'd be what 200 or maybe that's what they're hoping for anyway let's say that doesn't happen you don't jump as much as you do and you got to really th- start thinking about this as a real business that you can't just lose money on as a tax collection as our friend ryan um, has alluded to in the chat before that this is a tax loss harvesting enterprise which I would disagree with, but, um, (laughs) but let's say you do that. And you start really looking at the numbers here, like Cole signed in 2021, right? Mm -hmm. Like November. So you say 2026, probably five year deal. Five years. Yeah. You'd think I would, I would imagine that it's like a five year main. I mean, maybe a three year, it could be up, but yeah. But like right now, are you definitely resigning him? No, you're turning on. Yeah. I mean, I'm not either. Like definitely. I'm not definitely doing it. Like he, Put in a lot of effort, you know. I've had issues managing his girlfriend, which doesn't help the interpersonal relationship there. Yeah. Um, 
he's like done a lot for me. I had like a weird TV show focused on him, but like, unless he wants to make like a little bit more than he currently makes, like I, I don't know if I'm super interested in resigning him. So a thousand, which is crazy, crazy. I never would have guessed that. I would have thought for no. sure this guy is like take to take taking over for Kenny as like the guy who's having awesome matches is like leading you into the, the next phase of AEW and it's just gone off the rails. But think about it with him too. Everyone. It's him like his, like, you know, we talked about Deanna Perrazzo and how he, she is integrated like in a very successful manner to this point. Yes. Adam Cole was like the poster child of what not to do yep. in terms of bringing a top star into your company. And then they did it like four more times after that. But if you remember, like Cole came in and on the first night, like he was like a baby face and that he like turned heel and joined the young bucks. And then was like, kind of like their lackey guy, like for, yeah. for his first, his first run, it was awful. Um, so it's almost, it's like, it's no wonder why he like has the, and, and you know, it's just, uh, and then not to mention, he just hasn't been around. Like he has, he's, he's been hurt too. So that, that certainly doesn't help. Yeah, yeah man. We'll see. I mean, I think that there's a lot of guys like that. Um, you know, on, on the AW roster. Like, I don't know. Like, I wonder, like, I wonder what Tony Khan is thinking right now about the Adam Copeland signing. Like that hasn't moved the needle at all. Like from a, you know, from a ratings perspective, really a, an interest perspective. I mean, I think you could have, I mean, unfortunately for as good, as, for as fun as like the, the Christian Cage Copeland feud was, you know, <laughs> Christian's good enough where you could do that feud with pretty much anybody. Like pretty much any babyface could be in that spot, and you, it makes the same amount of impact. Like I really, I mean, I really believe that. Like, which I don't know, I don't know what that says, but yeah, like ouch. how much different was that Dustin match last night? I mean, it was probably a better match than the Copeland. Yeah, right. Which is crazy. Which is yeah, which is wild. Um, all right, let's. This is a good pivot into our final AEW topic of the of the show today. Uh, the Young Bucks, Nicholas Matthew. Mm-hmm. Uh, the new Young Bucks. Um, I'm curious at what you thought of this uh, because, you know, I, I liked it. I thought it was really good. I thought it was a good a good pivot for them, a good pivot for a group that, like, really needed it. And it made me think for, like, a couple seconds, just a couple seconds, like, hey, did the Young, did the young Bucks, do they get it now? Like, did, did has it clicked, like, that they have to, like, be characters to 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 matter, you know, and and them mattering in the free framework of AEW is a good thing, but you don't just get that, like you don't just have it. You have to like earn it and show it. And time will tell, but for a day one uh, kind of night for the new Young Bucks act, um, I get I give it a thumbs up. I think it, I think it has some legs. Yeah, I mean, it feels like the adult bucks, right? The middle-aged bucks, whatever you adult want to call bucks. it. Yeah, like, there you go. Like, there's, uh, there's a shirt, Nick and Matt. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I love the, you know, the clothing, the yin and yang thing that they're going for. I think that's super fun while also yes. looking like, you know, um, like interpretations of Yakuza members in video games, which is obviously <laughs> what they're going for as well. Um, so yeah, I like all that. I like what they're saying. I like the, you know, when you think of the young bucks, like I, I, I still think of them mainly as a babyface group in the long scheme of history. I think most baby, most tag teams are you think of them as babyface teams, right? That are like in that legendary status. 
Mm-hmm. Is there anyone that you think of, like, I guess... Yeah, I don't know. Is there anyone that's, like, a heel group? Because, like, even, like, Legion of Doom, Drove yeah, Road no, Warriors, I, lots I mean, stuff like really... they... Yeah. So, it's interesting, but I think they, they're obviously way better as heels when you have to talk. Um, they have a hard time presenting themselves yeah. not as, like, special attraction baby faces. So, at least they know that. And, and, and like, what you're saying, it's like... Yeah, that's a good... Arn and Sully, yes. By, Thank yeah, you, Ryan. Good call by Ryan in the chat. Um, it's a... It's like Paige got the same memo you're just talking about, right? Where like if Kenny is healthy, we all wish he was. Like I think we might have a better version of that too, and that Callus thing wouldn't have fallen off the face of the earth. Yeah. So it seems like all the elite guys kind of figure that out of like, hey, stuff is not guaranteed, and maybe those contracts have some sort of incentive-based information in there that we don't know about yep. that makes something like, hey, you got to earn your pay-per-view spot to get this bonus. And yeah, I need to see things from you to get these pay-per-view spots. You know, whatever it is, it'd be smart. But it certainly seems like they're taking it seriously as is Paige, right? I think all across the show. Like his promo where he's mm-hmm. saying if Hook wins the title, then, you know, God help you. Like it, But like in a subtle, badass way, like that was awesome. And that's like yep. been a long time since we've seen something like that from him. So, um, yeah, it's good that we're seeing that. And, and I like this use of their characters. And, you know, I'm curious what you think. But... You know, I, I would be more ballsy as a promoter than most, but I certainly think they should beat Sting and Darby if you want to get this over as a big time heel group. But oh, we'll and see, I think we'll I, see what comes. I, I yeah, so I really like this. I mean, I really yeah. do. Like, I mean, you have Young Bucks are still like so supremely valuable to um, to AEW. I mean, they they are a founding act. They're one of the reasons why AEW exists. Like. Like, listen, they're important to this company. You just wouldn't know it because they're never on the show. And when they are on the show, it's in, like, random bad segments. And so I hope that this is the beginning of, like, them as regular, um, as regular, like, top-tier heels. They laid out quite a bit in that promo last night. They laid out why they've changed the way that they have. They've laid out what sparked, you know, that change in their demeanor and the personality. And then they've laid out exactly what they're what they're going to do. And they're going to like rid AEW of these cancerous veteran wrestlers. Okay. Like yeah, is there a little meta stuff going on there? Sure. Mm-hmm. Um but also if you don't know anything about it and that's how I usually judge the meta stuff. Like if you don't know about any of the meta young buck stuff that they they're talking about, you can still understand the framework of what they said because it's they don't like Sting and they're going to go after him and they're going to take him out. Boom! You don't need to know the meta to understand what they what they what they tried to do. So, so this is good. Um, I hope they keep it up. I hope they don't you know I hope they don't go backwards into like meta land and just go deeper there. I think Tony Khan really has to to put a check on this and like, and make sure that it's consistent every week. But you know, these guys, they're good. They're good at what they do. They can pull this off and man, I'm totally with you. You know, they got to go over at the Greensboro Coliseum. Um, That is, that's huge heat. That's heat that will last for a long time for them. Um, I don't fully trust Tony Khan at this point to like really milk the most out of that. Yeah. But it, I mean, you look, you've rolled out a new Young Bucks team here. Like, and man, it would hurt. 
hurt them to lose first night out. I mean, it just re- it really would. And I think Sting's old school. You know, he can give back to the business in this way. It's not like a random hodgepodge team that has been thrown together to face them. Like this is a, a cornerstone act in AEW. I think it makes total sense to to put the Young Bucks over because you get a lot out of that. You get a lot out mm-hmm. of that if you're them. Yeah, and it's like you know, to go beyond then that match, right? Like, is is Adam Copeland teaming with somebody? Because like that's the next thing. If you're doing like you know legend killers, you know, yeah. for lack of a better term, like that's a that's a big time match you can put on, and that gives Copeland I mean, something to do. Like, he can you like get a, to Edge and Christian? Yeah, like, well, yeah. I mean, Copeland might need a. It might be too might quick. be a character turn to get over at some point. Because um, <laughs> you're not going to get you're not going to get Christian over as a face. I don't think anytime soon. No, well, well it's, yeah, it would be smart to because it'd be like a Roddy thing where it's like we're all in on the joke and that kills the character, right? Yes, so. it wouldn't be good, but like our long term, you could get there. I think if you yeah, look yeah. like all right, we want to do Young Bucks versus Edge and Christian 18 yeah. months from now, you could probably pull that off. Yeah. Um, uh, I'd also but, certainly have the Bucks beat the Hardys on TV before we get to Greensboro. I think that'd be smart. Yes, that'd be perfect. Um, yep. Cause yep. Same sort of thing. Like you just take all these legacy things out and then, you know, you go from there. It's like, is it, is it good working for a group? And yeah, I mean, there's, there's lots of good things going on here that again, you and I are on the same page of like, I'm not sure they're going to do it. So it's like, what happens when Sting and Darby yeah. beat them clean? And do they then go on a, you know, or is it going to be like because the worst case scenario is like they Sting and Darby win and then the Bucks like jump them in after Sting's last match and like beat them down. Yeah, that would they be get, then they get saved by Copeland and then it's Copeland and Darby take on the Bucks at the next match or something, right? That's like episodic booking, but it's like it's Sting's last match. Like I'd rather him lose, the Bucks get cleared out, and then you get the moment with all everybody and Sting. Yeah, at the end of the show as opposed to that, like. It's it's worse for him to win and then get beat down like that to get the heat back for the Bucks than it is for him to lose, in my opinion. Because more about that moment and how awesome the match was, etc. Then like win or losses, right? It's wrestling. It's not for a title. So that's just there's no. There's no question. There, absolutely no question. I mean, I'd go so far as to say that it, that would be a travesty, like for Sting to like go out that way. Like the win doesn't mean anything. Like it means more at this point to, to leave a mark and like on the company when you're gone. And like, I think, you know, getting the young bucks in a big angle like that and a big win is way, is way better than like walking out with a win and then just getting beat up. Like uh, that just happened on raw. Like, like Akira Tozawa. I think he beat like, uh, who the hell was it? Like Ivar and then got beat up. It's like, what the hell's the point of that? Like, it's just stupid. When like, certainly, at least in your opinion, like Sting is still going to like be at ringside for Darby, right? Like he's under contract at least until December. So like, that's my view. Like this is him retiring in ring. I still, I still think he's going to be a character. He can do like a lot of the Sting stuff and that can like him losing. And then Darby, like wanting to avenge that loss with a Copeland. Cause they've already teamed together. Like that makes a lot of sense. And that works a lot better to me of like them fighting for Sting's honor while Sting's ringside, and he can do still, like, the Bucks could try and mess with him, and he no-sells it. He's not, like, wrestling. That's totally cool with me, and I think that, I don't know, do you get that, or do you think he's, like, off TV after this? Yeah, man, I mean, I I mean, you're right. I mean, it's the first time I've kind of thought about this. Like, he is still under contract. 
I don't know, but I think retirement, and I think you're going to give him the send off. I kind of, I if I'm him, I'm I want off. I want off TV. Yeah. Like maybe it's like a special special thing. Like he comes out for the pay per view when this happens. No, He's yeah, that's, that's, that, yeah, that works. That yeah, that works. I think that that works. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. do I want to see him like as Darby's manager? Like, no. Um, yeah, no, I agree. Not I, every match. He's not taking one wheel or uter. He's he's out there. Like, yes, that, that right, right, right. But I think he could be like a you know like a like a a supporting cast for this specific thing. And then when the young bucks move on to someone else, then you then you can kind of fade away. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, like I I don't know. I I think about like the young bucks going over in that match and like should you or should you not? And to me, it's pretty darn obvious. Like you should put them over. Like. Um, I don't know. I just, it's, I really find it difficult to see how you do that and, and not. Um, but we'll see. I mean, it makes for an yep. intriguing matchup, and that's, I think that's, yeah, I, mean, I think that's good. The way, the way Tony Khan books, you know, it's not his hometown per se, but it's the spiritual hometown of the, the WCW stinger, you know, sting that, that became a star, all that sort of stuff, right? Yes. So all that tells you that Tony Khan books that as a win or sting on the way out. But it just I think everyone thinking that just such a bright moment to get yeah. the old group over. When really yeah. very few people have momentum either way on the baby face or heel um the, the, of the company. Yeah. Well, and the other thing too is like I think like if you had this match with Sting and Darby and it was like, you know, against a hodgepodge team of like you know, even like even if it was like Starks and Big Bill for the tag titles, like there's not a lot of intrigue there as to who wins. I think you just know that that Sting and Darby are going to win that kind of match. They're going to win like some random uh, tag match. This leaves it open. Like I think yeah. the Young Bucks are a big enough team where it leaves open the possibility, and that is going to make for a way better like environment come the night of the show um, than it would be if it just was like a party for Sting's environment. I think people are going to want to see him win this. Um, and that's, that's, that's really important. Uh, let's go to another super chat from Tracy. Tracy, thank you uh, for the support of the show. And she drops the, uh, the, the, the chat of the day. Sorry, folks, you're going to have to really up your game to, uh, to get to this level. Tracy says, so did they, the Young Bucks, copy Vince's mustache or is it just me seeing that? I didn't re- notice that until you just said it, um, but now I'm looking at it and, man, it's not a good mustache, but it does look like Vince's. And yeah. the Young Bucks would love nothing more than to troll that kind of thing. Like, if they heard you say that, Tracy, I think they'd be really happy that they, you know, succeeded in uh, that little Easter egg. Yeah, I agree. And again, left them off the top of the show when I'm talking about the year of mustaches in AEW, Roddy, Adam Page, and now the Bucks. So, you know, I think if we get enough, we can do a, a you know, a, a Continental Classic for just mustaches. For just mustaches. Get the, the, must, the mustache championship. That's a good idea. Um, which is maybe another belt we need. Don't talk. You got no a finisher. You got a finisher name built in. This is a family show, so I'll leave that out. You can speculate on what the mustache finisher would be, but. Ooh. Let us know. Let us know in the chat, folks. Um, thank you, Tracy. That's a great, uh, great catch, and we appreciate your support. Uh, the, the, the speaking of mustaches, like Adam Page looked like Magnum TA last night too. Mm-hmm. I mean, just with the hair and like the beardish kind of mustache thing, it was. I was like, whoa! Like that's Magnum. That's like straight up Magnum TA. Like mm-hmm. I don't know if that's what he's going for, but goodness gracious, yeah. uh, 
little white he, HP on some black boots. I'm I'm in on it. Yeah, seriously, like he or AP he, even whatever. But HP he's looking more badass. He's looking he's looking like a like a more intense, more focused, and collectively he's just more fun to watch too in that mm -hmm. in that in that scenario. All and right, Ryan last topic. The, What's up? Ryan got the move right by the way in the chat. So for everyone watching at four or five p.m. is when you're watching it live. If, if you're watching it not live, so find it, find it. Let us know what you think. Good stuff, Ryan. Uh, all right, last topic of the show: Seth Rollins, uh, Jinder Mahal, main event of Raw. Um, it was what it was. I think uh, it was you know serviceable as a main event. Like I, you know, look, it was never going to be a five star classic or a four star classic or anything to like, but it was what it was. And Seth wins, but Seth um, clearly hurt his his knee uh, in that match. Um, mm -hmm. The torch reported afterwards that. Uh, it was a legitimate injury and mm -hmm. Seth looked concerned. Um, some people reported in to Wade that, you know, Seth was a little bit down in the dumps. Others was that he's you know, going to be okay. We haven't had an update yet, uh, an official update. Um, but, you know, Seth has a you know history of knee issues and man, this would not come. This would come at a just about the worst time uh, for Seth Rollins. Mm -hmm. uh, if there is something serious here, um, Tyler, just how much of a like of a of a a shot to the gut, you know, would it be for WWE to lose Seth Rollins right now at this point, heading into WrestleMania season, and presumably, you know, Seth's like first opportunity to uh, kind of grab that a true main event marquee spot uh, at a WrestleMania. Yeah, I think it's more of an issue for Seth than it is for WWE, and that's kind of the way WWE is structured. Okay, right? Unless like you're Roman, that. unless you're Roman, or I guess that's it. But yeah, that's pretty um, much it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's I think you could easily pencil in like a Drew McIntyre wins that belt, and you get Drew and CM Punk. I think that's already been laid out, and that could be your main event, and that like totally shuffles Seth out, and then you get the benefit of having the Punk and Seth match down the line, especially when Punk is presumably a solidified uh, heel and Seth comes back with a big baby face pop. Um, you know, that that seems to That's be not good. the worst, worst trajectory in the world for really anyone involved by Seth. Um, and Seth is just like, he's kind of that guy on the card. And, you know, I'm one of the biggest Seth guys. I think we've reiterated that many times here on the show with opinions, but like, He's just that guy in this generation, right? Like he is Triple H a little bit, right? Where he can leave and come back and it's not the end of the world and he can always do something else. And for the Seth Rollins part of it, this is the third time if it is knee injury. And I think the MRI is scheduled at this point. So the last one I remember is, so obviously he had the whole tear and he missed time, you know, missed a year or whatever. And then he had like almost the same time Maybe yeah. like what 2017, 2018. Yes. It was right like, before the 33 match against against Triple H. Yeah. Yeah. So like, and yeah. then he he tweaked it, and then was able to work the match. Right? Do I have that? Yes. You have right. right. Yeah. Yep. So that was like a big scare. Um. So it's interesting. It happens around the same time for him, and you know, I don't think he's going to be like labeled as a guy who's injury prone, whatever. But most not surprising, he hasn't worn like the big, even like a small knee brace to like avoid that sort of stuff right like you don't want to have the big dax harwood ones if you can avoid it 
but mm-hmm. there's a reason every offensive lineman in the NFL wears those because it basically prevents you from tearing ligaments in your knee for any number of reasons, right? So I think we might get that version of Seth. That's like the the big disappointment part of Seth is still, you know, I think he's still like 85% of what he was 10 years ago as an in-ring performer. He's just now wiser in cer- certain ways that, than he was before. So that would be a big negative is that, you know, more injuries – you are inevitably going to work differently and probably get yeah. that brace error of, 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 of him. But like, I think as long as you have other parties involved, like I don't think it's the end of the world. I hope he's fine, but you know, I'm not gonna come out and Terry tell you that WrestleMania season is ruined. Cause Seth is gone. Like I think the ratings don't go down one iota with him now, unfortunately for me as a fan of him. Do you, you know, I agree. I agree. I mean, it's a bummer for, for Seth. Like, you know, like, yeah, for sure. Just, I mean, there's just no two ways about it. I mean, like, you finally in line. You've got a, you've kind of like, you found yourself a little bit as a character. You have momentum, babyface championship. You get the match um, that you want to get in the main event, and like now you might be out. That's not, that's not cool for anybody. Um, I do agree though that you know on the men's side, you can pivot to something like significant, like Punk and McIntyre works very well. Um, you know, maybe that you know, you maybe you can you know, you use this as an opportunity to elevate Damien Priest somehow. I, you know, that's certainly probably in the cards because mm-hmm. he has the 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 money in the bank briefcase. But here's the thing, though, like I, I think like this kind of like this may trigger, and I'm I'm totally being like over dramatic and a little bit like you know, you know, a little bit CM Punk is gonna like derail here. Uh, and Ryan just dropped uh, just dropped what I'm about to say in the chat. <laughs> like, is CM Punk against Drew McIntyre? It's a big match, but is it bigger than Rhea Ripley versus Becky Lynch? Like, does CM Punk lose his coveted main event WrestleMania spot because Seth is out? And, I like, I mean, I don't know. We'll have to see where those two feuds go. But Becky and Rhea were pretty hot, like, on Monday night when they teased it. And, like, I think, you know it may be an easy argument to make that like, yeah, sorry, punk, but we're going to go with Becky and Rhea here. Uh, and, you know, two guys lose out on their, on their, uh, on their WrestleMania match. I, I just, I think Becky and Rhea is a hot match that punk and Seth overshadow and, and kind of beat out as more important. But mm, I, I, I think Seth and Drew, or excuse me, punk and Drew, that's a cool match, but I don't know if that screams WrestleMania main event. Unless you know things change and it gets it gets really hot, but yeah, I think Punk's uh, mission here and his story to main event could hang in the balance too. Yeah, that would be hilarious to me. Yeah, um, crazy. <laughs> like personally, just like for for all biases aside, like it'd be great if he, yeah, as Ryan said, if he opened the show um, for uh, for night one of WrestleMania. We were pretty funny. So, you know, I would advocate for that on my personal basis. But, you know, I think the meta story there of Drew and Punk, you can really keep that up. As Drew is the guy who's on the way out, fighting the established guy who's kind of been in and out of the – has definitely been in and out of the company. Like, everything that – like, a guy who could have been a multimillionaire and is only a regular millionaire, right? Like, I think Drew could, like – you could edit that pipe bomb promo and Drew could deliver that to CM Punk yeah. and, and frame CM Punk in the way that CM Punk framed Vince McMahon. I think that's yeah. like grade A 
awesome hot stuff to yeah. do. And yeah. like Drew out the door winning that title, and like if it's a triple threat, whatever. Like, or if you know Seth says he's gonna try and work it, and whatever. Like Punk wins the Rumble, and, then you, and Seth can maybe work a match and have Drew win it as opposed to or whatever. Like maybe the belt's up for grabs at. And maybe maybe Punk wins the Rumble and Drew wins the Elimination Chamber, and both of them get into the match for that world title as a result of winning those things. And like sure. Cody yep. loses, Cody loses both, and you're like, oh my god, he's not going to get in to finish the story, and like that whole thing, like that is a happy accident. I think you get with this whole thing. Like you could yeah. have both these slotted positions, and they both take on each other. It'd be the first time for that. That'd be cool. So. um yeah, I don't know. I think there's a lot of upside all the way around. And I think Becky and Rhea was good on Monday. But, like, again, like we said with AEW, WWE also needs to prove it to me with the women's division to, like, retain that level Fair. of intensity to make it worthwhile. Because, yeah. like, the, the truest form of equity is, like, the match has to actually feel like it deserves to be the main event. Right. As of right now, Seth and Punk, Drew and Punk, if I'm a running a business, is the main event over that at the moment. But we'll see. Like I'm open to changing that easily. We have three months, so yeah, we got we got a long time. And and yeah, bears repeating here. We don't have news on Seth Rollins yet. We don't. He may be fine. We we don't know. Um, and maybe because you don't, maybe not knowing anything is just everything's fine. So we'll see. No no uh, no reporting out on that yet. Obviously, we'll keep you keep you up to date, up to speed. Uh, right here at Brass Ring Medium. Um, Tyler, we'll uh, we'll wrap it up right there. Thank you so much to everybody who tuned in live. We're going to go record the members-only version of the show that will drop on Patreon. If you like what you heard here, there's a lot more where that came from um, as a Brass Ring Media member. Patreon.com backslash Brass Ring Media gets you access to all that we do. A free member podcast each week, a pay-per-view review show for all major wrestling shows, including uh, next week's Royal Rumble. Next week, we'll preview the show. We'll preview Royal Rumble right here on the free podcast, so you can get your, your preview fixed there. Um, subscribe to us on YouTube for free. Subscribe to us on Substack for free. Um, and just check out uh, check out our work. We do appreciate the, the support. Um, and it's been a blast uh, doing what we do here. And we thank you, thank you, thank you. Ryan, thank you. Tracy, thank you. Um, uh, Zach, thank you. Frank, thank you. Dr. Ross, Ashley, we appreciate it. Everybody else who's tuned in after the fact and who has listened to us um, as a podcast, we appreciate you guys, and we will catch you all next week, same time, same place. Catch you later. See ya.